Slareth and Evans on Denver's Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. So as we get set for NFL free agency, right, this is the time that, while I do think it's a bit overrated, okay, yes. I just got to be honest, I just think you're spending... Overspending for you're you're spending A level money for B level players. Okay, this is basically my especially early on in free agency. The, Correct. That first wave of free agency where teams are just drunk with you know spending their money like drunken sailors on leave. Right. It's just like what are you doing? Right. But uh, and it's still kind of fun. But for the Broncos this year, for Broncos country, for fans. Uh, you got to buckle in and understand, as uh, George Payton laid out at the end of the season, uh, they're not going to be going after big name, big targets. Any dead money, you know, obviously this, whatever, if this would be extreme. We, we've prepared for any scenario, you know, with Rich Hurtado, who, who runs our cap, and, and uh, we'll have flexibility either way to do what we need to do. We're not going to be on the first wave of free agency like we were last year. You can't do that every year. We'll be very strategic, very specific on, on what positions, what players, uh, you know, uh, we try to sign. And then, obviously, we got to hit on the draft. We're picking high. And uh, we have six picks. Uh, you know, we could, we could have more. You know we like picks. And, uh, and we'll go from there. So when he says we're going to be strategic, that's NFL GM speak for we're going to be cheap. Frugal. We're frugal. We're looking for bargains. Yes. We're not going to be, we're, we're going to sit out the first day of free agency. We're probably going to sit out the second day of free agency. We're probably not going to be involved in the first wave. You're going to be looking at the second or third wave when it comes to free agency. So if you look at the positions of need for the Broncos, and there are many, uh, we decided today to tackle a couple of them. And I'm leaning on you, Stink, mm-hmm. because of all the games you call, all the teams you study, all the rosters you've looked at, all the coaches you've talked to. We need diamonds in the rough. And we need to do some dumpster diving. Mm-hmm. And who better to dumpster dive than you? Nobody. <laughs> right. Nobody. So let, let's let's take a look at uh, two areas of, of need. Defensive line, especially if they let DJ Jones go. Mm-hmm. And tight end. Because okay. you just can't rely on Mr. Tight Hamstring himself, Greg Dulcich. So, right. So give me a couple of names or refresh us on a couple of names that you, you like out there. Um, the tight end position, there's a few guys that I that I like. And, again, one of the things you have to do, because I think you'll get priced out of the market, is you've got to get guys that you think are really good players that – been if given a different role, they could excel at that role. So, meaning, guy that is a really complete player, great blocker, and everything that hasn't really had an opportunity to catch the ball very often. Like, could that guy transition into one of those big time players? Like, I, I love a guy like Dalton Schultz as a pass catching tight end, but last year he made six six point two five million dollars, and you know he's twenty seven years old. I think he'll be one of those first wave tight ends. You're looking for a difference maker in the middle of the football field. I think he'll outprice what the Broncos are willing to spend. So then you have to go down the list of ways. Irv Smith is a guy that's 26 years old, has had some injury issues. 
signed in Cincinnati, really hasn't worked out there in Cincinnati for him, but he's a guy that I think could be ascending an ascending player um, if you could keep him healthy. That's that's a big if mark. But so there's there's a guy like that, and there's two other guys I really like here out of the San Francisco system, and I don't think they've had a lot of success catching the ball because I don't think they've had a lot of opportunities to catch the ball, but. Willing participants in the blocking game, great motion shift guys, have both played the role of not only tight end, H-back, but also fullback when um, Juszczyk has been out or dinged up. That is Ross Dwelly as one, and then the other guy is, um, oh shoot, I lost it for a second. Um, Another San Francisco guy? Another San Francisco, oh uh, I know, a Charlie Warner. Both of those, both those guys are twenty six years old. Um, to me, ascending players, guys that would be guys that to me would be great value. Dwelly's twenty nine, um, but, but you're not looking at veterans who are just hanging on, and you're hoping maybe can scratch out one more year. Sounds like you're no, looking no, no, for no, no, a no, younger no. veteran who just has been maybe blocked up until this point. Right, I think both Dwelly and both. You know, both Warner are really good players that don't get a lot of an opportunity to catch the ball in San Francisco because you got to feed Kittle, you got to feed Debo Samuel, you got to feed Ayuk, you got to feed uh, uh, Use Check, you've got to feed, you know, Christian McCaffrey. Like, when are you going to get a chance to catch the ball? So you've been relegated more into a role of motion tight end, blocking on the end of the line of scrimmage. Like, they do a great job of normally you think of the wide tight end as being the blocker. And then the F tight end is more as the receiver. Well, when they get out of, when they get into 12 personnel or they get into heavy personnel, what they have the ability to do in San Francisco is give Kittle the route tree and let the other guys be the Y or let, let them be the blockers. And so they've got a unique system there in San Francisco where I think either of those guys could come in here and be productive. Um, but it's not going to be anybody that's going to blow. You know, all of us who play fantasy football, right? It's not going to be probably. It's not going to be a Dalton Schultz or a Hunter Henry or a no, 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 Gerald Everett or no. or anybody like that. Be be thinking, no. thinking guys that don't have gaudy stat lines, right? And you're just hoping that I got another guy for another you. Another guy, give me another guy. Twenty five years old, Colby Parkinson, <laughs> out of Seattle. Yeah, I don't know who he is. All right, long, linky, athletic tight end. You just call him Linky. Linky. You mean lanky. Yeah, lanky. lanky. What did I say? Linky. Yeah, he links up new, well. Is that a new term? Maybe we can, Scouting. Okay, we can throw that. That's kind of linky. We'll throw that at Cecil. Yeah, Next lanky. time we have Cecil. Hey, Cecil, is he linky? Lanky. Lanky. But he's he's sneaky athletic. Is he, I think he's about, has, is he the guy that has great hair? Like, yeah, big hair. Better hair than Dulcich? Because one thing I'll say about Dulcich, tight hamstrings, glorious hair. Yeah. I wonder if his hair... His hair kind of reminds me of Josh Dover a little bit. Who? Parkinson's or? No. Dolchich. Dolchich. Yes. Yes. I wonder if Josh Dover has tight hamstrings. It's a great question. Can ask it, him here in about an hour. Yeah. I wonder if it has something to do with the hair. Maybe it is. It's, it's spent too much time on the hair. Not enough time on the hamstrings. Right. All right. What about defensive line? Because uh, we, we talked yesterday about the, the idea that. I mean, Mike Purcell's a free agent. You're going to keep bringing back Mike Purcell on one-year deals. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, DJ Jones is, is a maybe a prime candidate to be cut uh, for some cap savings there. Anybody on the D line that uh, 
jump out at you? Are you looking more at veteran guys there? Shelby Harris is still out there. Right. Uh, I'm not looking so much at the veteran guys. Um, I'm I'm going back down to a guy like Tier Tart, who's 27 years old. Um, yeah, he's he he made four million last year, but he got cut by Tennessee. Really good player. Really good. They they were going nowhere, and um, I don't know. He you know I mean obviously he took a took a piss in. Uh, in the Cheerios of of the head coach over there because the head coach got all pissed off. Vrabel got all, you know, bowed his back. Who beat my Cheerios? <laughs> Tier thought he was funny. Next thing you know, he's looking for work. Hey, we so, could get, uh, remember Cleveland Farrell? Cleveland Farrell, yeah. High draft pick of the Raiders. Yep. yep. Bust. He's still out there. Uh, Christian Watkins is a guy I met with when when we had a Miami game playing really well, very good player inside. Um, twenty eight years old. I think he may be one of those guys that gets paid this year by somebody. He may be one of those guys that people covet, and um, he gets out of their kind of price gap, if you will. Um, but a very good player, Kevin Gibbons out of San Francisco as well. Javon Kinlaw. Couple guys that haven't necessarily Givens is Givens is a rotational player. I don't think he's a starting piece, um, but Kinlaw has not been able to stay healthy and has not really been. Um, he's not. He's been a little bit of a disappointment. Well, what you're getting here, folks. I guess the the moral, the lesson of this uh, little exercise here is lower your expectations for. Uh, for free agency. By you're, the way, you're hearing a lot of names that probably some of you, unless you're diehard football fans, are like, I don't know who these people are. Right. Therefore, I'm not excited. Dude, do you know who is a free but agent? These like, are the ones you're probably going to have to start paying attention to. You know who's a free agent, but there's no chance. He's either going to get franchised or he's just going to make so much money. Justin Matabuke out of Baltimore. He's all pro. Dude was a freaking beast this year. Only made... $1.2 million. Oh, he's going to get paid. He's 26. Yeah, he's going to get that paid. That dude is going to get paid out the nose. Yeah, yeah not here. No, no, don't even don't even bother. Ooh, I like this guy, too. Lekifutu. Who? Lekifutu. You just want to say his name. Lekifutu. Who's the guy in Milwaukee that plays for the Bucks? Giannis? What's his name? Oh. Ante, uh, uh, let's see if we... Ante let's see Tecumpo. If we, huh? Ante Tecumpo. No. Ante Tecumpo. Ante Tecumpo. Ante de Coupo. Did I get it right? De Coupo. Yep. Ante de Coupo. Ante de Coupo. There you go. Lecky. We were, we were heading out. We were walking out yesterday. We ran Lecky. into one of the people here who uh, works here uh, in sales who's a uh, big Bucks fan. He's like, I couldn't believe you guys butchering Giannis's name. It's not that hard. I go, okay. If Kevin Harlan can continually screw up Albert Okuwebunam, mm-hmm. I can screw up Giannis. There you go. Coming yes. up. Uh, as a Nuggets fan, are you concerned at all that Michael Malone does not want to press the gas pedal the rest of the season? Do you think that could come back and haunt Malone and the Nuggets? That's next. Ever since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my hiding spots. Ha! Found ya. How? 
That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity. Now through March 21st, get started with 200 megabit internet for $25 a month for two years with no annual contract and get Wi-Fi equipment included. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Requires paperless plan auto pay stored bank account. Restrictions apply. Taxes and fees extra. After promo, regular rates apply to internet service and Wi-Fi equipment. Actual speeds vary. You're listening to Schlereth and Evans on Denver's Sports Station. 1043 The Fan. Listening, watching to uh, Michael Malone's press conference yesterday. He put out a very, I thought, strong message. There was a certain theme to his press conference yesterday that he wanted to get out. I want to know if you agree with it. Okay? Okay. Let's listen to what he had to say. Here you go. Here's the first one. For me, it's, it's not like top one or two priority, to be very honest. And we talked about that with our team today. The good thing is Minnesota's number one. We play them three more times. We're three games out, so we have avenues to become the number one team. It's definitely attainable, um, but I don't want to win that battle and lose the bigger war. He then added, I'm not going all out for the top seed. I think having home court in the first round is very, very important. I think having a healthy team going into the season is very important. And if we happen to be the one seed, that, that's just a cherry on top. But we're not going to put all our cards in just to attain that and risk being healthy uh, for a very deep playoff front. You agree with that mindset? Because uh, with, the, with the Nuggets only 15 and 14 on the road this season... Um, I've heard from from several textures on the Rommelsaw.com text line saying you gotta have home court for as deep as possible in the playoffs. Is this a risky strategy? Yeah, we'll we're okay with finishing with the top seed, but we're not going to sacrifice the big picture that is playing into June just to try to get a number one, number two, or even number three seed. Well, I think he will not hesitate to sit KCP, to sit Jamal Murray, if those guys are not feeling great. Down the stretch here, it's all about being, health is the number one aspect. The number one thing that you have to think about is health. And then obviously when you get into the playoffs, even though your bench shortens, the time between games lengthens. You've got, like, it's a long, that playoff run is a long Yeah, you're never stretch. playing back-to-back. Yeah. Never. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with Michael Malone in that we've won it. We know what it is. I mean, you think about the formula, Mike. All right, even if you're not the number one seed, okay? If you go through the playoffs splitting on the road and winning all your home games, yeah, you know what you're going to be? It, NBA champion. Yes, exactly. That's yeah. what you're going to be. Exactly. So even without home home court advantage, I, I I agree with him. I like man. I'd love hey the number one or number two seed. So you, you know you're at home. If you're the number two seed, you're at home all the way through until the you know until the uh, conference finals. Unless of course you know. You're the highest seed in the conference. You you still could get it if the number one seed gets bounced, which is a, uh, you know, according to Paul Pierce, we heard that earlier in the program. He's like, there's only there's only one team in the in the West that I don't think is, you know, in fear of of losing in the first round, and that's the Nuggets. 
Yeah, Harris Pierce. Harris yeah. Pierce talking with uh, his buddy Kevin Garnett. Only team that I know for sure ain't losing in the first round is Denver. Everybody else, I feel like, can get popped in the first round mm. if the matchup wrong. Mm. Everybody else, Denver is the only team I'm confident that's getting out the first round. I'm putting cheese up. Putting cheese up. I love that. So he's the only. He looks at the Nuggets as the only team that he guarantees you will get out of the first round. Everyone else, right? So every, even, if, even you know, two versus, Minnesota is the first seed, the, right? The number one seed, right? They can get bounced in the first. You're not going to play them early, so then you become home court advantage. Oh, if Minnesota were to play a Sacramento in the first round, yeah, easily could get popped. How about L.A.? I mean, there's nobody who's had a better looking sweep than L.A. So, you mean the play-in Lakers? Yes. I'm talking about they're the, going to be the play-in Lakers. The regular the tournament. I'm going to tell the regular season tournament champions. Hang that banner. But it would be nice to end up with a, a number one or number two seed. And 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 by the way, you're right now as we sit here, they're uh, three games behind Minnesota, and they're. What uh, a game and a half behind Oklahoma City, so you could easily climb over these two teams and still end up being one of the top two seeds in the, in the in the West. I just but if you think that Michael Michael Malone's message is look if we can if we can get it great, but if you think that I'm going to be you know playing my starters thirty nine minutes in a game right to try to eke out a win in March, don't count on it. And I think that's smart. You know what that you know what that regular season I just thought about this. You know what the regular season tournament is the equivalent of tell me cuz hanging that you know hanging that banner for the Lakers or regular whatever that whatever that tell me cuz I can't think of anything substantial that it compares to but go ahead. Try. Oh, I I've got I've got the perfect analogy. What is it? When you play in college they always award they always give an award to a guy that you know ain't worth a score to piss and will never play. Right. It's the scout team player of the year. He always gave us the best look. He's a Rudy Award? Yeah, it's, he's a try-hard guy. Man, what a great look he gives us. And every year they award him the scout team player of the year. Hey, three-time winner, the scout team player yeah. of the year, which means you're not actually good enough to play in the game. Correct. That's what that's what the uh, that's what the in season tournament award is. Scout team player of the year. Hey, well, look the way it's going for the Lakers. They're going to be in a position in one year to say that they won not only the in season tournament but the play in tournament. Right to get to be the number eight seed. Good for you, Lakers. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Got this on the Ramoslaw.com text line. Evans, are you sure you're that confident in the Nuggets? After all, you were this confident in the Avalanche a year ago. Why don't you learn your lessons? Mm. Actually, I have learned my lessons. I, I I actually did learn my lesson from what happened with the Avalanche. Uh-huh. I did not pay enough attention to the loss of Nazem Kadri and, and and Gabe Landeskog. I I got caught up in the in the belief that the Avs had enough, right, and that their championship pedigree and everything like that would be enough to get them deep into the playoffs. I was wrong. Okay. Yeah. Um, here's the difference: the Avalanche lost key members of their core mm-hmm. and never replaced them. 
The Nuggets core is intact. Yes. The Nuggets core is pristine. There's nothing nothing missing from what they won with last year. There was a lot missing from what the Avalanche won the previous year. And and Correct. that was the mistake that that I made in in not being more concerned about mm-hmm. that. But as long as the Nuggets have their starting five intact, yes. and they're healthy and they're ready to go, it's a completely different yeah. Scenario than that with the apps. Reminds me of the Princess Bride. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Inigo Montoya. Bring me your dead. No. Inconceivable. Reminds me of Inigo Montoya. They were there. The Nuggets are not looking for the six fingered man. <laughs> what are they? The Avalanche were. They were? When I find the six fingered man, I say, My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. <laughs> right? They were looking for the six-fingered man. That's right. The Avs were. They couldn't find him. Now, they had that, no six-fingered man. Guy, is that the guy that is, was played by one of Manny, the... Manny Pat, Pat, Patekin or something Patekin like that? One of something. the great like actors of our generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah serious. Yeah. A real good, serious actor. Yeah. My name is Nigel Matoya. <laughs> you killed my father. I know. And I, I, I hadn't watched that movie in a long time. When I'm watching it, I'm like, wait a minute, is that... You know, that's the guy that was the CIA guy on uh, Homeland. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. You yeah, know? yeah. yeah. Yeah, great actor, but you know, some 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 great comedic so the, shots. Di- the difference was the Avalanche did not. Yeah, right. They 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 were looking for the six fingered man. Right. So there's the, the Nuggets difference. are not. There's the difference. That's the yeah. difference. That's the lesson I learned from what happened to the Avalanche a year ago, and I'm applying it to the unless, Nuggets. Unless unless you think Bruce Brown is the six fingered uh, man. No, I I love Bruce. I love Bruce. Brucey. I love Brucey. But Mike Malone loves Bruce. But not having Bruce should not derail the Nuggets. Like not having Naz, not having Gabe, that kind of thing. How, no way. How different is the love for Bruce between sober Michael Malone and drunk Michael Malone? Do you think he loves them the same, or do you think drunk Michael Malone loves Bruce a lot more? Drunk Michael Malone loves Bruce. Sober Michael Malone is like, yeah, we can win without him. Okay. Just checking. But drunk Michael Malone? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Can't live without him. Can't live without him. <laughs> I love, he is the ultimate. I, I mean, one thing we learned about our two coaches. Oh, they this. are both. I love you guys. They're both emotional. <laughs> They're both yeah. emotionally. I love you yeah. guys. I love you guys. They're not looking to fight. You know, we've yeah, all Sean had- Payton, if he wins the championship oh, yeah. and he's drunk, he'll probably try to fight somebody. Yeah, he'll be fighting people. Right. <laughs> he'll be the guy that you gotta you gotta get in the corner. Dude, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be it's okay. Gonna be okay. It's okay. He okay. looked at me. <laughs> he looked at me. <laughs> we all have those friends, right? <laughs> right. What kind of drunk were you? Oh, I'm happy go lucky. I'm, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm totally happy go lucky. I'm totally I'm like, happy. I'm like Michael Malone and Betsy. Yeah. I'm just like, you know. Yeah, give me a hug. I love you, man. Let's talk. You know, how you doing? That right. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you're right. Peyton would be the, yeah, he wants to fight. That's right. Time to fight. Time to fight. <laughs> What's trending next? Here's Schlereth and Evans with What's Trending right now. So the uh, Nuggets back at work tonight. They got uh, the Washington, uh, let's call for who they are. They got the Washington Generals in town. Washington stinks. How bad are they? They're bad. They are bad. Uh, how bad are they? How bad are they? How bad is Washington? Washington currently is ranked as the 
Second to worst team in the NBA. Barely ahead of Detroit. And Detroit's got awful. Yeah, they are bad. So Washington comes in. Um, Nuggets are a healthy 15.5 point favorite. So should be a good way to uh, end the three-game losing streak, by the way. Mm-hmm. They are, uh, for all the time that they've had off and the idea of pushing the reset button, they do lug a three-game losing streak into this uh, into this one. But, Mark, as we look ahead to the final 27 games of the regular season, what is the, besides health, what's the number one thing on your to-do list for the Nuggets that you would like to see them accomplish? Number one. Um, Besides health. Okay, health goes goes without saying, right? Mm-hmm. Um, continued bench development. Boom. That's it. Right. And that's not, and by the way, that's not insignificant. That, that is still a major no, issue because it's, it's big. Last year's bench had Bruce Brown and, and Jeff Green on it. Correct. Two reliable vets. Yeah. I think Reggie Jackson is, has slid into the Bruce Brown role rather reliable comfortably. Vet. Yeah, the reliable vet. But Peyton Watson, Christian Brown, those two right there. Those two are the guys that I'm going to be watching the most the rest of the way to feel hopefully really good about one. I just need Christian, one of them. Christian Brown. One of them. Christian Brown was really good in the playoffs last year. I'm not necessarily... St- talking about scoring. I'm talking about the way he played defense, defense uh, the way he defended the other, you know, the other the people that he was on. Um, movement without the ball. I thought he was I thought he was good last year. So, I think he can fall back into that role. Yeah, I think bench development is is the next biggest thing. All right. Paul Pierce who we referenced earlier saying that the only team in the West that he believes is guaranteed to make it out of the first round of the playoffs is the Nuggets, had uh, this warning for the Lakers and Warrior fans. This is the last year. Oh. This is the last year. Nah, nah. The Lakers or Golden State have a chance to get to the final. This is the last year. After this, they run is over. Is he right? Um, Lakers, yeah. I mean, I don't think he, I think he's, I think he's selling himself short. I think their, a couple years ago was their last chance to go to a finals. Uh, You think the Lakers are going to the finals? No. No, their window is closed. They're they're closed. closed. Golden Golden State's closed. I don't know that Golden State's is closed, but it's certainly... Is only open a crack. Yes, I think in a seven in a seven game series, Mike, you just can't count on out shooting your opponent every night. Yeah, if it's just if you were talking about an NCAA tournament, one game, then I would right. absolutely still respect, maybe even fear Golden State. But over the course of a seven game series. Clay Thompson's a shell of what he used to yeah, be. Yeah, Clay Thompson. Shell. Yeah. Draymond, a shell. Steph's still Steph. Although Draymond could beat up all your players. True. True. If he beats up all True. your players. True. Then they got a shot. They do have a shot if he can beat up all your players. So are we getting set to see a quarterback reset the quarterback market? Ooh. And I'm talking about 
you know, instead of now looking at quarterbacks as making 40, 50 million a year, we're talking about making 60 a year. And are you ready for Dak Prescott to be that quarterback? Am I ready? Are you ready for him to be the guy? Yeah. Do you think he should be the guy to reset the quarterback market to 60 million? Dak can't win the big one, Prescott? Yeah. Really? Yeah, because he keeps Dallas right where they're supposed to be. (laughs) (laughs) Team that makes the playoffs and then takes a dump in their helmets. How much of the underachieving nature of the Cowboys do you do you blame on Dak? Um, it's a part of it. It's a big I, part of it. He's the quarterback. Yeah. It's the most important position in sports. Of course he carries the lion's share of the blame. Carries more of it than Mike McCarthy does. Well, yeah, I'll agree with that. I think Jerry Jones carries the lion's share of the blame. But, yeah, he it's a part of it. I just think it. I think I personally think the quarterback salaries are way out of whack. Are they? Yeah, way out you, of whack. This is, this is your bias or this is your insecurity. This is your your envy shining through. You just you're hmm. you're angry that quarterbacks have been elevated no. to being above the rest of the team like they have. That, um, that offends you. No, I, I yeah, it does. Well, it it does. I just think we have created a situation where there. Not as bad as wide receivers have been elevated beyond what they're worth. But quarterback position seems to me to be a little out of whack. Don't you think? No, I don't. Mm. Just because I may disagree with how you should go about finding your quarterback does not mean that I diminish the importance of the quarterback. Not diminishing the importance. It is, it is the single most important position in all of sports. I understand. I under- You're agreeing with that? I understand that. Okay, then. But you you do realize that everybody else has to do their job exceptionally well for him to perform. Sure, but there are erasers out there. There are quarterbacks who are erasers that can have less than optimum play around them and still elevate. Like there, and there like, could be like, like Aaron Rodgers? I mean, championships he won? Well if you're gonna make well, it like, if you're gonna like make it Josh strict, Allen? How many championships he won? Would you say like that Dak Prescott? would you say that Aaron, would you say that Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen have gotten their teams in many cases farther than they deserve to go? Oh probably oh, yeah. that's, that's the only point I'm making. Okay. Would you say that Dak Prescott has done that? Um, or has he held teams back? Yeah, I would probably say he's not in that same realm as those two guys you mentioned. But I'm I'm saying to win a championship, you have to have a really good football team, not just a quarterback. Obviously, it's important. Justin Fields. Hey, why'd you uh, stop following the Bears on Instagram? Why do people take social media so seriously? <laughs> <laughs> but like, why are you why are you unfollowing the Bears? Like, I still mess with the Bears. It's not, I'm just trying to take a little break. I unfollow the Bears and the NFL, bro. I'm not just trying to have football on my timeline. Like, I know y'all mess with a girl, EQ, especially you. 
just because you don't follow the girl on IG don't mean you're not messing with her. That's true. That's true. That's facts. That's facts. Oh, so you're saying you mess with the Bears more now that you don't follow them? Man, it's not even like that. Ah, okay, okay. It's something that I don't want to see in my timeline. I'm about to go on vacation. I don't want to see no football. And guess what? Just get away. Get them away for a little bit. It's either Keith Fields. We want Fields to the draft Caleb. So it's like, bruh, man, I'm tired of hearing the talk. He was on the uh, Brown Brothers podcast. Uh, I'm on St. Brown, and uh, who's his brother? Amon Ross St. Brown, and then you've got uh, and then you've got Equinemius St. Brown. Yeah, John St. Brown, their father was uh, Mr. Universe back in the '70s. Great dude. So uh, trying to follow up on the Kelsey brothers' uh, success. Anyway, uh, Justin Fields, it, come on, dude. We we all know. Everybody knows you're not going to be in Chicago anymore. So if you were going to be in Chicago, I I think you'd still be following them on Instagram. So it's and the fact that you're now following a bunch of Atlanta Falcons on Instagram tells me uh, very clearly you think and you want to be in Atlanta. So well, uh, you don't want Chicago news, but your hometown is Atlanta. You'd like some Atlanta football news, not just Chicago football, right? So Makes sense. can you can you explain this one to me really? I mean, I, I'll, I'll tell you what. I want to toss the question out, then I want you to answer on the other side. Why is it that the same people who are so against the idea of the Broncos going after Sam Darnold are so enthusiastic in calling for the Broncos to trade for Justin Fields? I need an answer to that because it makes no sense to me. Answer coming up next. Denver Sports Station 1043 The Fan presents Schlereth and Evans. <laughs> Oh, the things we talk about during breaks. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay. Answer this question for me. Okay. Riddle me this. Mm. Explain to me why some of the same folks who are dead set against your idea of signing Sam Darnold. Ugh. Retread. Old news. Mm -hmm. Are dead set against that, but are banging the table for the Broncos to go trade for Justin Fields. Oh, because Justin Fields, it's not his fault that he didn't, you know, succeed. He's incredibly talented. And he has all those things. He's incredibly talented. But he, he got put in a bad situation, and he's still fresh. So still got that new car smell? Yeah, he still does. He does have that, and he's got a warranty, you know. But I will tell you, like, and I like I like the way Justin Fields has matured. I like the way he has grown, both as a as individual and as a player. But there is a I don't know there there's a lack of holding him responsible uh, responsible for for call him failures or call him lack of success. It's all the Bears' fault. It's not his fault. It's all the Bears' fault. And you know, if he just has the weapons around him and this, that, and the other, then, then he's really going to excel. And I will tell you that Justin Fields is an incredibly gifted athlete, gifted, and he has gotten ex- he has gotten exponentially better at throwing the ball from the pocket. But he's still that's not his strong suit. His strong suit is running with the football and setting up his edge presence in the in his passing game. That's the strong suit, and. You got you got to play an offense with that style. That's that that has to be the style that you play with 
to give him the best chance of success, which puts him in harm's way. And I think a lot of people don't feel it's sustainable. The other thing is you sign Justin Fields, it comes with a Daniel Jones type of contract, $160 million. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to sign him to a four year long term contract. Are you willing to do that? Do you want to go down that road? Where Sam Darnold, you could get him on a, on a Baker Mayfield one year, maybe five million, six million dollar contract, and see if he becomes your guy while you are rebuilding and while you're managing your cap and you're eating the dead cap money. I mean, it's just com- to me, it's common sense. He's a tremendous athlete. He's a great running back playing quarterback. But in t- we, we've talked about this. It's still a passer's league. And until an athlete playing quarterback wins the Super Bowl, I'm going to stay with a model that has been proven time after time after time again in 58 Super Bowls. You still have to have a quarterback who can win consistently from the pocket. And in a passing league with all the rules set up to favor a passer, I'm not interested in his running stats. In three years as a quarterback, he completes barely 60% of his passes. That's way below average. He's yet to throw for more than 2,600 yards in a season. Mm. 2,600. Yeah. And he's got 40 touchdown passes to 30 interceptions while averaging 44 sacks a season. And as we've learned a lot from watching Russ the last couple of years, inflated sack numbers are usually a case of a quarterback who runs into a lot of sacks. And what people don't understand is they think that that's O-line needs to be upgraded. O-line stinks. O-line's no good. Where, again, I will tell you, much like Russ, you're not very good. You put yourself into harm's way. And if you don't, hey, man, I get it. If you don't understand protection... I, I I totally get that. You don't understand protection. I do. And most of those issues come with a guy. Now, you'll make big plays. But the problem is, for every big play you make, you give up two big plays, which cost you possessions. You give up two sacks for every big play you make, and eventually, you know what you do? You lose. Hey, don't get me wrong. He is a, a, a interesting enough talent that I'd be interested in trying trying to develop him. But uh-huh. if you're if you're if you're telling me I can trade him for a you know fourth round pick, sure, I'll I'll give yeah. up a fourth round oh. pick for Justin Fields, and I don't have to pay him yet right. for a couple of years, and I could just bring him in to a mix of other quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And hey, here's a competition, Justin. You're part of it, and mm-hmm. go see if you can win it. Fine, but I, I'm not going to trade a. You know, first right. round pick or a high second round pick with the idea that he's being brought in to be the guy. No way. Right. No way. Hey, uh, Joel Klatt just uh, released his uh, first mock draft. Did he know? Care to guess what he has the Broncos doing? Taking J.J. McCarthy, 12. No. He has J.J. McCarthy going 16 to Seattle. Okay. Try again. Bo Nix at 12. Bo Nix. Yeah. He liked Bo Nix. He does like Bo Nix. He thinks that Bo Nix is the best quarterback fit out there for what he believes and knows that Sean Payton wants in a quarterback. By the way, not to get off the subject, but let me get off the subject for a minute. I gave you an assignment, and you never got back to me on the assignment early in the program. Oh, yeah. What was it? To 
Because I'm usually the one giving you assignments. Right. How never give rivalries and, and how... Oh, they, yeah. So, here's the here's the deal. On the... Uh, as the Avs play the Red Wings. Right. The See, once Avs, great rivalry. Once yeah. great rivalry. Social media has ruined rivalries and all-star games. Rivalries and all-star games? Yeah. There, there are no all-star games... The All-Star games are no good because there's no more rivalries. Because the world has gotten so small that all these guys are buddies on their podcasts together. Everything everything has become such a social media, I got to be buddies with everybody, mm. that there is no natural rivalries because we're all best friends. We're all exchanging jerseys and hugging on each other and all that stuff after games. I, I remember going to Disney World with some of the guys that I played with the Redskins. We took our kids to Disney World together. And some of the cowboys were walking through the park. And it was like, you stay on your side of the street. We're going to stay on our freaking side of the street. It, it was that way. And we didn't we didn't go over and talk to one another or whatever. We just gave the the guy head nod. Just the, the initial guy like, I see you. I recognize you over there. You recognize me. Huh. Okay. The two, you know, let's just keep our distance. As you guys were walking down Main Street in Disney, did this break out? Yes. When you're a jet, <laughs> you're always a jet. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> yes. That would have been funny. That a bunch of 300-pound men doing that on the Main Street at Disney. T-shirts with a pack of smokes rolled up the sleeve. <laughs> Slick back hair. Yeah. Um, actually, that's a great theory because I, I, I will, because I've thought this for a long time. I hadn't thought about the All-Star games, but if you take a look at what we all remember Avalanche Red Wings to be, mm -hmm. to me, that was the best rivalry I've ever seen. Oh, ever, yeah. Ever, ever, ever seen, ever been a part of, ever witnessed. They legit hated each other. You had everything. You had everything, every, every ingredient that you want to put in a rivalry Avalanche Red Wings had it. You had genuine hatred, genuine contempt, yeah. but you had great play. You had all-stars and Hall of Famers all over the place. Mm -hmm. And the stakes were always the highest right. because the understanding was whoever won that series was probably going to go on and win the Stanley Cup. And there was always retribution. There was retribution. Frontier, frontier yes. justice. You just wanted to cross-check Scotty Bowman every time you saw him on the... <sighs> Then you just want to hit him in the face. It's just so many identifiable, easy to hate villains out there from mm. both sides, right? Yeah. And when you, if you look at that, if you put that up on the pedestal of that's what a rivalry looks like, then yeah. I think we all have to admit there is not another rivalry in sports right now. There are no rivalries. How many? Like how in, many in pro guys, sports? In right. pro sports, like everybody that. Faced the Avalanche, but hated Claude Lemieux. Right. Lemieux. Right. Right. How many? How many guys from the the old Detroit Red Wings did you just absolutely loathe on right. their team? Right. Right. So is there is there another rivalry in sports? Seriously, I I know, but we we talk a lot about Ravens and Steelers, and boy, they do go at it. Yeah. I mean, those teams go at it. But again, when you think about all the extra stuff that goes into a rivalry. I don't think there is a true rivalry in all of sports today. And and don't even get me started on college, because college rivalries have always been amongst the, the, the fan bases. And now with all the realignment that's going on, those are being trashed. Yeah. 
it's it's a sad time, and I I get your theory, but it's a sad time as a sports fan because there are no rivalries anymore. Guys vacation with guys from other teams. Think about that. Right. Oof. There are no rivalries. No. Because as Red Wings, man, that was that was next level stuff. I was actually living in Dallas at the time when the rivalry first took off and exploded, and and I'm in Dallas, and we got we got people who are like, hey, we gotta we gotta get together and right. go watch that Avalanche Red Wings game. This yeah. series is wild. Mm-hmm. You know, people mm-hmm. in Dallas were like showing up at sports bars just to watch Avalanche Red Wings because of the uh, what what everybody knew was gonna break out. It was that compelling. Two thoughts on the way out. All right, go ahead. Josh Dover's hamstrings, are they tight based on his hair? Because of Greg Dulcich? Because of Greg Dulcich. Does he have Dulcich-type hair? Yeah. Okay. 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 And then uh, I'm going to leave you this little pearl oh, of wisdom. Oh, I love your book of wisdom. My go book ahead. of wisdom. Out of my, uh, use your free time to build the life you want, not escaping the life you have. <sighs> Dude. Dude. Huh? Dude. Huh? What was that one earlier again about the... Uh, you want the spotlight or oh if you want to shine in front of everybody you have to be willing to work in front of nobody oh god that's so good yeah all right we'll leave you with that josh with his uh wonderful hair actually no matt smith we got matt smith matt with one oh. t matt oh. smith in for josh oh, oh so we be- can't josh probably has tight hand strings because he was <laughs> combing his hair <laughs> <laughs> Probably. He's out. He's Josh injured. is the kind of guy that has a blow dryer. Oh, my God. I don't even want to talk about it. Embarrassing. <laughs> Dover with Matt Smith and Stoke coming up next.